Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Recalibrating the Scales. I'm your host and Chief Executive Resolutionist, Normie Avaska Scales, at your disposal. yet another thought-provoking episode, ladies and gentlemen. Quote, in order to be seen and heard, you have to be liked and trusted, according to Mitchell Levy, our special guest this evening. This indisputable certainty resonates very strongly for me personally, given that it exudes transparency, its equivalent, which is something I adamantly, adamantly and passionately advocate. In fact, It evokes nostalgia, and I hear my mother's incessant words, accept people and things at face value, resonating fluidly and harmonically within the confines of my consciousness. Yet, I hadn't digested and heeded her plea, and wise counsel, that is, until I reached mature adulthood when I'd begun implementing her advice into my daily protocol. In retrospect, I could have spared myself an array of trials and shortcomings by virtue of trusting my innate authenticity and intuition, standing firm and true to myself and those I'd encountered. Instead, I tiptoed and danced upon eggshells, fearful of ruffling anyone's feathers, per se. However, After a gamut of heart-wrenching, and I do mean heart-wrenching disappointments, I've evolved into the contrary, spewing uncensored truth. In layman's terms, I've undergone a 180-degree turn, yielding immeasurable serenity. Peace of mind, second to none, ladies and gentlemen. Now pause momentarily and ask where you rate yourselves on the transparency continuum. Furthermore, do you trust yourselves in the process. Vulnerability, integrity, and authenticity are three chief constituents of earning, fostering, and sustaining trust per speaker, author, facilitator, and thought leader for thought leaders, aka the AHA guy, Mitchell Levy. So let's discover how to acquire more visibility by virtue of exercising the aforementioned qualities which resonate profoundly on this platform. Moreover, learn more about Mitchell's aha ideology as a thought leader, coupled with a bonus. How to efficiently publish your literary work by virtue of this streamlined platform. Yet beforehand, I'd like to present a new original prose poem, as promised, for your aesthetic pleasure, titled Transparency versus Translucence, Defaced Value. To see or not to see, that is the question. Beyond facades orchestrated, likened to forests, garnished, doused and laden with skyscraping trees comprised of oak, bearing the acorn's harvest, 
Shall we diplomatically defer to blind eyes, welded shut, pardoning the venomous reality that stings, afflicts, and erodes once formerly titanium character? To skirt around, rather dance on tiptoe, succumbing to the hush, laboring as stifled and strained whispers of blatant factoids concealed from allegedly virgin ears, or voraciously devour and jest unrefined transparency, the quintessential theorem none other than regurgitated truth, evoked by embracing forewarned face value, as Mother uttered upon occasion, face value, bottled, dispensed, sold, and labeled as is, mounted and showcased in bulk quantity for consumption. Now, as, as an aside, I'd like to note that Mitchell Levy, he is the AHA guy at ahathat.com who empowers thought leaders to share their genius, his superpower of extracting the genius from your head in a two-hour interview, so you can then share it with those that actually see it and need it or need to see it. So, without further ado, I introduce to you Mitchell Levy, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Recalibrating the Scales radio show, Mitchell. How are you this evening? Uh, (laughs) I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Nice chatting with you. Likewise, likewise. Thank you for chiming in and joining us. Now, Mitchell, can you share with our listeners a bit about you and your field of expertise? I know you wear a few hats, as I do. And we share some commonalities, by the way. Yes, we do. So, you know, it's it's uh, the summary. Let me give you just a link to, to look at or if you want to learn more about me, I just I did a TED talk that kind of encapsulates what I've been able to do in life and where I've been. And obviously, there's no commercial value there. So you can go to you can go to uh, YouTube and just type in Mitchell Levy TED Talk, or you can type in Being Seen and Being Heard as a Thought Leader, or you could go to the URL aha aha dot pub slash TED Talk, and then you'll you'll see the uh, the TED Talk I did and. And what I do today, you mentioned the superpower, is, is at the end of the day, what's really fascinating is the oxymoron concept of the term effective book. And, and so what's interesting about that is I will say for those people in business, so we, we don't focus, so for me, I do not focus on fiction, I do not focus on uh, cookbooks or any of those murder mysteries. So, so, so fiction is really not my cup of tea. Where I focus is nonfiction books in particular. I focus on people who have expertise, and they use that expertise to help solve people's problems, whether it's a coach or a consultant, um, whether it's consulting or public speaking or products that they've created, either online or physical products. And so what a book does, what we do, is we just simplify the process because the oxymoronic component is, is A, books are the most effective thing you could do. But on the other hand, books are now a commodity item. There are so many places you can do it. It's so easy to do. There are so many, some legitimate and many non-legitimate people who charge you tons of money to publish your book. And at the end of the day, what I do, and here's the cool part, I'll look, I'll look the expert in the eyes 
and we'll say, you know, here's what we do. We'll, we'll interview for two hours. We will do that interview and extract a genius from your head. And then I've got a writing school that I send my ghostwriters to. My team will then write the book. And then we will publish that and deliver that for you. You'll spend not just the two hours, but probably another couple hours of review. But with four to five hours of your time, somewhere between four to eight, eight weeks elapsed time, you'll now have paperback, hardcover, Kindle, um, PDF, and an AHA book. And we have a platform called AHA That that has 800,000 users. So all that's delivered to you. And, and the, the newest thing is we also will make you an Amazon best-selling author. And so in essence, what I've done is, is I've, I've continued the good stuff about what a book is, and that is create a good, compelling book that is easy to read because our books are, if I summarize, 140 bite-sized quotes and seven blog posts. So our books are super easy to read. They're easy for you to quote. They're easy for you to use. And we print color on the inside, so they're powerful for you to hand to others. And that's really what books are do. And so that's, that's kind of what I do in a, in a nutshell. If, if I, I don't know if I summarized that well enough for you, but that's what I do. No, I think you, think you nailed it in that regard. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Now, I know you and I had a, a, a moment just to chat about your three words, which are vulnerability, integrity, and authenticity. And I shared that when asked typically from a male uh, perspective of male uh, companions, three characteristics that I aspire for, my response was integrity, authenticity, and consistency. But back to you. So those three characteristics that you mentioned are characteristics of fostering trust as noted in your televised TEDx presentation, not to mention the characteristics which profoundly shape the foundation of the radio platform. Can you please expand upon your, your scope of these, of such, these words? Oh, I love that. So that's mm-hmm. what I did is I created a, TED Talk, and I created a book, and it's called Being Seen and Being Heard as a Thought Leader. Now, whether or not you want to take the words thought leader and make those recognized expert, whatever it is that you want to do, if you're in business today, or how about we say if you're in life today and you want to have a successful life, the partners that you interact with, that you deal with, that you uh, transact either business that's financial or time which is also financial, those partners, you've got to be you. That, and, and so it, it, when you look at the being seen and being heard, the capital B is, is, uh, B is capitalized as, as well as the E. And when I thought about what does it mean to be you? And what I, what I thought about is the most important part about being you is, is that you're actually sharing with the world the real you. Not the you that you share with just your friends or your loved ones, but the you that you share at work is the same. The you that you share with your friends and family are the same. There's, generally, there are some things that you share with your friends that you may not share with your family, that you may not share with your coworkers, but that's just common sense. But the personality, which is you. And so what I thought, what, is, what represents you? How do people, if people really get to know you, what is that thing that they get to know? What is that feeling they get to have? And that feeling is trust. 
So I started thinking about trust and I said, okay, how do I earn trust? How do I, how am I given trust? And I came up with the three words, two of them are similar to yours and that's authenticity and integrity, right? Authenticity is really being the true you. Integrity is saying what you're going to do and doing what you say. And the last piece is vulnerability. And that is, I mean, you know, we all know the person who is never wrong, right? And sometimes <laughs> with my wife, I'm never wrong. So my joke today when we were out and about is when I made a mistake, I said, wow, this is the first mistake I made in 2018. Look, it, I made it all the way to April without doing that. And of course, that cracks her up because I make mistakes every day. So the interesting part about you saying this is I think your words, your third word is consistency. I think, I think the integrity and consistency is very similar. And I think mm -hmm. if, if you're going to use sort of the same approach that I do, the vulnerability piece is, is a really important thing. And by the way, for those that are listening, Mia, this is what you demonstrated. By being able to say you have a criteria and this is how you evaluate others and you make it a public statement, you're being vulnerable. And you know what? That endears me more to you as a radio host than anything else that you could have possibly said. Right? And that's what, so as humans, every day, what do we do? And who are we? And, you know, if you wake up in the morning and you put on a different hat, to answer the phone or say hello to your family or to say hello to your coworkers when you get to work and then you change the hat when you go out with your friends after work, I, that's really hard to do. And I remember doing that when I was young and that was required as part of the industrial age society we lived in. The persona you, wear, you wore for work was different than the persona you wore in your day-to-day -day life. But in today's world, as part of what I call the social age, I, I, the biggest thing we could do is be us. So thanks for asking. Oh, agreed. Agreed. By all means, you know, do tell. Enlighten us more. Well, you've enlightened our listeners and I about your streamlined publishing system. Moreover, you'd alluded to your blueprint, according to your video, your TEDx video, You'd alluded to your blueprint for converting work to another four-letter word, which is play, which conclusively yields, <laughs> in my opinion, a healthier equilibrium or lifestyle, which is also something that resonates very strongly with me, strongly with me, and that's an equilibrium. Can you elaborate upon this for those that may feel stagnant or on powerless treadmill, per se? <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting it's such a it's a it's a beautiful question, but it's a really open ended question. So I'm gonna meander just a little bit and mm -hmm. I may capture a couple people's comments and then uh if you have questions that I don't address, connect to me on social and, and ask that question and I'll I'll give you more details on that at the end. So the thing that's relevant today is if there's so many opportunities and things for you to do. There's so many, I, I, I think one of the mistakes most, most everyone makes is that they have a job and let's say you're in a job and, you, and you, you know, it's okay, but you don't like it or it's okay, but it's not exactly what you want to do. So let me tell you about the mistake almost everyone makes. They have in their back of their mind, 
that one day they're going to be an entrepreneur. One day they're going to quit their job and they're going to start their business. Now, what I have to tell you is that person, and if that's you, that person is not and will never be, well, let's not use the, the word never. Without a significant mind shift, that person will not be an entrepreneur. Because if there's something you want to do that's not your existing work today, what's important is you've got to figure out how can you monetize that. And you may struggle for weeks, months, years, before you can figure out how to take what you do that you love and monetize it. And if you already have a job today, and let's say that job, that employer, that employer is your financial sponsor. That person is paying you money. So you do your job. And, you know, hopefully you love it enough. If you hate it, man, oh, please find something else. But hopefully you love it enough or like it enough that it's more than tolerable because it, it's, it's not fun to wake up every day and, and do something that's just tolerable. You should do something that you at least enjoy or figure out how to enjoy. Now, here's the important part. Depending on how many hours a week, the question is how many hours a week are you spending to work on your hobby that you want to make into your job? And, and I often, so I've, I've coached, God, somewhere between 10 to 30,000 people in this area. And, and I'm in Silicon Valley, and so many times I'll, I'll, I'll ask the simple question, how many hours a week do you work? And if they say 30 or 40, I've actually had people who say 30 or 40. I said, well, 30 or 40, can't you find 10 extra hours a week? It's surprising how many people can't find if you're only working 40 hours a week and you can't find 10 hours a week to devote to your, to your uh, efforts, you are not in today's world, unless you change your mind shift, you're not going to be an entrepreneur. So if it's 50 hours, you know, you shrink it. When you get to 70 hours, you could still find an hour a week, maybe. At 80 hours, uh, you're really burning out. It's hard to find any other time. So unless you're working 80 hours a week, what I tell you is you could find time on the side to experiment with the thing that you think will be fun and you can make money on. Because at the end of the day, if work equals play, you can play all the time. If you can play all the time, you're a lot more fun. If you're a lot more fun, people want to interact with you. And, and as the TED Talk goes, people interact and do business with those that are fun, that they know, like, and trust. Right. And so the thing that's fascinating is make sure that you are looking at the things you do. Now, if, if you just don't think you could find time, if you just can't figure out how to monetize what you do as a passion, then you should be networking and talking with friends and asking them what they do and asking them if they like what they do and seeing whether or not there are opportunities for you to go to other companies where you get to be in a role or hopefully if you've got a big enough company, if there's, if there's an opportunity for you to switch what you do at your existing company so you can like what you do. Because trust me, it affects what you do at your job and whether or not you like it affects everything you do. And, uh, and so for me, in this social age, the, the, the age in which, uh, let me just think about yesterday, I had 10 video calls yesterday. I went, I'm in Silicon Valley. I think I woke up, I woke up to New York City 
I then transferred over to uh, Tallahassee, Florida. I then went to Africa. I then went back to, and, and I could keep going, right? But I think I'm getting boring when I'm saying this stuff. In essence, I kept transferring around the world. I had face-to-face -face conference calls with people where I had a video conference, and some of them were prospects, some of them were clients, some of them were partners that I interact with, and some of them were first meetings, which were, you know, prospects or, or, or partners. And, and, you know, it's so much fun. I enjoyed it. So we can now do the work that we love doing anywhere in the world and service customers anywhere in the world. And it is, I guess the biggest question is, is what is it that you really want to do? What is it that you want to do that you can get paid for it? And think about whether or not that's something you could start focusing on today. And if the answer is no, we don't normally, we don't normally have, like many people think that uh, they buy the lottery ticket and they get lucky or they, they write the book and they become the next J.K. Rawlings. And, and if you look at the people who are successful and generally happy with what they do, if you really research how much work they put into it, and, and they may call it work or they may call it play, how much effort they put into putting themselves into the positions they are now, Sometimes you get lucky, but most of the time you're working really hard or playing really hard to get to that stage where you get to do what you want to do. And, and I, I'd say I'd like to have that for everybody, uh, and that's finding what you love to do and doing what you love and making sure that if work equals play, you play all the time, whether it's play, play, or work, play. I share your sentiments. I share your sentiments there, Mitchell. So basically, as you're speaking, a few things are coming to mind. Aside from you being a virtual globe trotter, which is pretty cool, some, I'm hearing the words of someone years ago that told me some people have their Sundays and some people's every days is there, is there, is, is every days. Most people's Sundays are are other people's every day. Basically, if that makes any sense, if you could position That's yourself. That's a nice way to put to it. That, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, that's how I'm translating it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, the, the thing that's interesting is if some people need the structure of having a official employer who pays them. Well, that's mm -hmm. okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Just make sure you find the thing that you get to do that you enjoy yourself, right? <laughs> and... And if you want to experiment on the side, take your hobby and spend enough time trying to figure out how to monetize that. Maybe you get lucky and it could pay the traditional bills and then some. Or maybe it's just something that you do for fun and it makes the rest of the stuff that much more interesting. Very good advice. You jumped ahead on that one. I was going to ask you if you had any other advice or pointers for any of us listeners because I'm also Oh, listening. my – my, oh, I'm happy to do that. So that's on this topic. Let me give you another one. The, probably the thing that I've learned most in life, the thing that's most uh, – the lesson that I still practice all the time that I'd like to encourage everyone to do is if you could go through life with one mentor and two mentees, you will be a significantly better person for it. And, and 
largely what you have to recognize, if depending on your age, let's say if you're 40 or above, one of your mentees could be 20 or 25. In your mind, what you have to say to yourself, although you're helping that person be successful, you want to learn as much from that person as they do from you. Because today's generation, I know when I was that age, when I was in my 20s, I thought we were going to change the world, and we didn't change it that much. However, today's 20-year-old and that age group are dramatically changing the world. And it's because we are in a significant transformation from an industrial age society to the social age. That person knows much more about the social age than you do. And if that's true, not only can you be their mentor, but you could also learn from them. And that's important. That's a great food for thought. Well, I know we have a couple minutes yet left. Is there anything you wanted to add to the conversation at all? Oh, sure. We'd love to. So, so on the book side, there's a couple of things I'd love to add. To be successful in today's world, you need to have a good network. Now, now, this is not for everyone. My wife has no interest in putting herself out there on social media. So she's successful in other ways. But if you want to wear the hat entrepreneur or successful business person going forward, uh, in the social age, uh, you can't disappear from having a network of people who follow you. So you need to be successful at having a following in whatever platform is appropriate to you. And one of the things that's important, I often say this, 80% of the content that you share on social media should be somebody else's. Right? Now, sometimes people go, yeah, of course, and then sometimes people are shocked. And, and so – Mia, you didn't respond, so I didn't know if you were shocked or, 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 or no, in a course. I'm, I'm taking notes. Go ahead. <laughs> so it, depending on which one you are, if you're a course, you know what I'm going to say. If you're shocked, let's put it this way. You know, in the old days when our thought leaders were handed to us, you know, we were given our thought leaders by the broadcast media, by the recording studios, by the publishers. We were told who we were going to see on the TV, who we were going to listen to, who we were going to read. Nowadays, we've got this, everyone has a microphone, and the Internet allows anyone to be able to get their, get their brand out there. And so we're not told who to listen to. We, we figure out who we listen to. And when a thought leader was given to us, typically they were given because they were the quintessential person who knew everything about a particular topic. And, of course, all groups that you're going after to solve that problem with that topic. Well, nowadays, we're much more specialized. And the thing that's interesting is you could have a very focused area that, that you touch on. And that's what we do when we help you on the publishing the books. But what also happens is if I'm going to go to you, so let's say you're an expert in a particular area and I'm going to go to you, I want to make sure that you are the expert in the area. And how do I know if you're the expert? Well, one, you, you should have written a book, but two, you should know who all your peers are and what they do. And one of the best ways you can do that is by sharing their content. You can't tell me that if you have competition, that your competition doesn't do at least one or two things right. Well, instead of bashing them, which is what we used to do in the industrial age, we could say, hey, these guys do this right. Because if somebody comes to you and they use your competitor instead of you, they weren't your client anyhow. 
and all you're doing is helping them understand how they can have a better life, you know what they're going to do? You know, unless the client they go, the, the company they go to blows them away, they're going to still recommend you because they were so excited that you gave them the best answer for them. It's kind of like the, the movie Miracle on 34th Street where Chris Kringle actually sends the customers outside of Macy's elsewhere, and it ends up being such a big publicity stunt. And what it really does is it endears those people that he sends elsewhere to come back and spend the rest of their money at Macy's. And so that's what this does for you is you need to start sharing other people's content in the platform ahaback.com. It is free to use, free to share. We've got 44,000 quotes that you can share of other people's today. So I'm going to say that is one place you can go as a place that you can find good, compelling content to share. So and I thought I'd share that. Does that make sense? Okay. Makes perfect sense. In fact, hang on to that. Stand by for just a moment, please. Absolutely. I'd like to render special thanks and appreciation to Mitchell Levy for gracing us with his certified wisdom and expertise this evening. Moreover, I applaud my behind-the-scenes team, Bradley, in exchange for their unwavering support, coupled with a volume of magnifying listeners spanning the globe. Remember, this platform rests upon your broad shoulders, and I implore your continued listenership. Until the next episode, this is Normia Vasquez-Scales, signing off. Thank you.